The Squiz is a free weekday email and podcast where your shortcut to being informed. In this episode, we're talking war, but not of the weapons and battlefields variety, but rather the battle of the big economies. If you haven't guessed it yet, this episode is all about the US-China trade war. Notably also, this shortcut is coming to you as it was requested by a group of high school students who've been listening to our shortcuts. Big shout out to Year 10 at St. Catharines in Waverley, Sydney. Thanks for the request. Squeeze Shortcuts is your shortcut to more than the headlines. I'm Kate Watson. And I'm Claire Kimball. Let's begin with when this trade war started and why. Can we pinpoint the moment? All roads lead to US President Donald Trump. He was campaigning for president in 2016 and he laid out plans to counter what he said were unfair trade practices from China. He called China's entrance into the World Trade Organization this is the quote, the greatest jobs theft in history. And he really tapped into a grievance that America had its economic hands tied behind its back while countries like China were able to bend the rules of international trade and get away with it. He was particularly concerned about the growing trade deficit between the US and China. Trade deficit is one of those phrases that's thrown around like we all should know what on earth it means. What does it mean? (laughs) It's the balance sheet of how much a country imports versus what they export. So countries like Australia, where a big part of our economy depends on exports, we like to run trade surpluses. So that means that the value of what we export is greater than that of what we import. But in this case, what Trump has done is look at America's specific trade relationship with China and the value of US imports are more from China than what it exports to them. So Trump wants to rebalance that relationship. So he campaigned heavily on that in the lead up to the election. Something he was saying must have resonated with the US people. As we know, he was elected president at the end of 2016 and not long after that commissioned a review into America's trade deficits, of which we now understand, not just with China, but also with other trade partners. What were the key findings of that review? Really, it was what he already knew and what America already knew, which is that America has big trade deficits, not just with China, but with many of its trading partners. So what President Trump vows to do is to get better terms of trade on imports, as well as commit to get the US to produce more in some of those traditional fields like manufacturing so it can export more to the world. To talk about this, he meets with Chinese President Xi Jinping. They agree they have 100 days to sort out how to fix this up. But 100 days comes and goes and nothing changes. And it's how Trump responds to this inaction that really kicks off this trade war. Let's see what he did. It's March 2018 and Trump is still fed up that America is importing far more goods and services from China than it's exporting to them. So he announces he's imposing tariffs on steel and aluminium imports from all suppliers, not just China. First things first, what's a tariff? So very simply, it's a tax on a particular product or a class of products that's applied by the country importing it. The idea is that increase makes the price more expensive of that imported product and makes it less desirable versus what the local industry might be able to offer. And this really is something we keep hearing about in the news, this tit for tat where the US puts a tariff on something and so China does the same and so on. That's right. So by the end of 2018, hundreds of billions of dollars of goods and services are affected by increased tariffs at both the US and the China end. So everything from 
dog collars, computers and modems, agricultural produce. This would not be a shortcut if we started listing everything that's been affected. In an overarching sense, though, what it does affect is China and the US's economy. And because their economies are the biggest in the world, it has implications for the globe. Let's look at the global fallout. Now, Claire, without getting too economist on me (laughs) broadly, how does a trade war like this affect the global economy? Or perhaps the question is, how doesn't it? Yeah, don't worry. I won't get away with masquerading as an economist. Oh, I don't know. It's pretty good. I think we're pretty safe on that score. And look, not only has this trade war slowed the US economy, it's put a massive break on the Chinese economy. And as the world's two biggest economies, as you've said, that's really bad for all economies across the world. What's really driving that negative effect? effect is the uncertainty. Markets like certainty, people who are exporting and importing things like certainty. And really it's this tit for tat exchange of tariffs going up and maybe tariffs being applied to other categories that means that uncertainty makes the global economy very nervous. Is there a precedent for this trade war? Not in the modern era. And really what's happened over the last few decades is the rise of the World Trade Organization that has laid down a set of rules by which the world does trade with each other. And it's this really big break and America putting those tariffs on China and vice versa that has meant that it's really out of the box for the modern era. One of the ways we can look at how this applies locally is just what's happening here in Australia. Our government is having to do the dance between our greatest trade partner in China and our greatest ally in the US. How's it playing out for us? It's a really difficult dance, that one. Of course, we've got a whole bunch of stuff happening with China and their reach into the Pacific and trying to influence global politics. But As an economic partner, we really need to keep that door open. And of course, in this trade war, that makes some things quite difficult with the US. We're very connected to the global economy via our really strong export market, but our financial systems are really connected to global finance. So with those things in mind, you might have heard the saying that if America or China sneezes, Australia catches a cold and we're really struggling with growth and confidence at the moment. And a lot of that's connected to what's happening between those big economies. I guess, finally, the question is, how does this affect everyday people? So when you're looking at Australia and exactly what's happening in our economy, the big concern is jobs Mm. because we have that big export-dependent jobs market. We're talking about things like construction and retail. If our confidence is down and we're not buying as much at the shops, we're not thinking about building a new home or buying a house or renovating it, it's a real issue and it really does trickle right down to the local level. Which is why Josh Frydenberg, our treasurer, and the Reserve Bank have been encouraging us to spend more. The data showing, though, that that is not happening. Before we get to our recommendations, though, let's have a quick look at where things are up to 2020 being an election year. We keep hearing about the US and China having trade talks. Who's involved in that and what's been happening? Donald Trump and Xi Jinping are having those meetings at the sidelines of the big conferences and, of course, there's lots of those summits and leadership summits that happen throughout a year. So it has been picked up regularly between those two, but these scheduled talks that sort of come and go and start and fail and start again have really been undertaken by their trade delegates. And in the US, that's the head of Treasury, a guy called Stephen Mnuchin, and I mentioned 
mention him because I like saying the word Mnuchin. Yeah, you don't have to remember his name. (laughs) And yeah, they're picking it up and putting it down. It hasn't been an easy process. And as I said, 2020 is an election year in the US. How is this trade war playing out for Trump locally? Big politics really well because a lot of Donald Trump's base supporters really like that he's fighting for America and he really has stepped up the rhetoric on that. They fundamentally agree with that America first approach where Trump is looking for better deals for US exporters. So that's something that they're really enjoying. But on the ground playing out with some of those affected industries that are no longer getting their exports into China as they have in the past, it's really tough going. And that's your shortcut to the US-China trade war. In my reading about all of this, Claire, I found it interesting to note how various industries have been affected, as you say. One in particular is the soybean industry, not something I knew a whole lot about before this shortcut, but I found an article by The Conversation titled How Soybeans Became China's Most Powerful Weapon in Trump's Trade War, a good way to understand how this kind of war practically affects people. Yeah, the things we learn, The hey? things we learn. <laughs> I've got a link to a really good explainer about how the World Trade Organization works. It's one of those big bodies that we probably should know a bit more about and it's an interesting thing about how it plays into all of this. The WTO. Yep, that's the one. Thank you for tuning in to this episode of Squeeze Shortcuts. Plenty more where this came from. One on impeachment, Hong Kong, climate change, drought, online mega sales, to name just a few. They are also available in written format on our website. If you're enjoying these shortcuts, please leave us a review. And as always, if you have an idea for a shortcut, don't hesitate to reach out to us like the students at St. Catherine's have via our social media or email us at hello at thesqueeze.com.au. Until next time. A quick message now from our podcast partner, BHP. Across the next couple of weeks, we'll be talking to squizzers about BHP and the work they're doing to provide the materials that we need to transition to a low emission economy for the energy transition. At the start of the podcast, you heard how copper is used to make electric vehicles, wind turbines and solar panels. So when it comes to producing it, reducing emissions is a priority. And that's why BHP is making solar, wind and battery deals to help power their South Australian Olympic dam copper mine. It's happening now at BHP.